Refuge Project. Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. Except for today, it's just me, so conversation of one. Uh, yeah, I'm your host, James. <clears throat> uh, yeah, David texted me this morning and said he's got a bunch of stuff to do, can't make it today. Uh, which means I'm riding solo, so you're hanging out with me solo today. So instead of being at the church, I'm in uh, one of my little studio spaces at my house all by myself, talking to no one, surrounded by synthesizers and posters of random bands. Go ahead, envision it. There's also a conga sitting next to me. And some swords from Lord of the Rings on the floor. That's right. Swords from Lord of the Rings. So, yeah, that's what we're doing today. We're hanging out here by myself. Um, Yeah, so today I spent the whole morning. um, I was trying to figure out what we were going to talk about today. I spent the whole morning researching stuff for the... Um, the, what's it called? The Ashbury, Ashbury revival stuff that's been going on. So I figured we'd talk about that some today. Um, I've got some videos we can play little parts of. Um, so yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. I went deep down the rabbit hole looking up all this stuff. It took way too much time, but it's all good. <laughs> I think I found some info at the end of it. Order. So we're jumping right into... <laughs> Culture Corner. All right, cool. Here we go. So here's the story for Culture Corner. Um, here's the headline. California girl gets licensed to own a unicorn. Yes, that's the title. Let's do that again. California girl gets licensed to own a unicorn. That's, uh, that's what's going on today, folks. That is what's happening in 2023. California girl gets license to own a unicorn. I, uh, I realized right before I started this thing, uh, I have this poster on my wall in here. And it's actually a unicorn laying down on a couch with a therapist who's, who's uh, you know, talking talking to the unicorn and the therapist's speech bubble says you need to believe in yourself thought that was a pretty sweet poster kind of forgot that it was in the corner over there so anyway here's what's going on this little seven-year-old girl loves unicorns and uh she's been super into unicorns since she was three so more than half of her life she has loved unicorns I mean, we can all relate, right? And uh, she can tell you everything there is to know about unicorns. Um, I just found this out today. Fun fact, unicorns are the national animal of Scotland. Yes, Scotland has a mythical creature as its national animal. Which just makes me really appreciate the bald eagle. Because it's way better than a unicorn. Mostly on the basis of it's real. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Who who wins in a fight between a bald eagle and a unicorn? 
uh, bald eagle because the unicorn can't show up because it's not real. Anyway, so, yeah, this chick is super pumped about unicorns and asked her mom, hey, I want to have a unicorn. What do I got to do to have a unicorn? And the mom's such a punk, she can't be like, well, you know, unicorn, you you can't have a unicorn because they don't actually exist. Uh, So what she does is she tries to put it off on uh, on the city to tell her daughter that unicorns, she can't have a unicorn because they don't exist. So what she does is she says, uh, well, baby, if you want to have a unicorn, you need to find out all the requirements of having a unicorn. You know, we need to write the, we need to write the city a letter and you got to get permission to have a unicorn, uh, which that's actually a real thing. Uh, it, I can't remember the technical term, but it's something about permission to have a large animal on your property. Uh, it's so people aren't just like having herds of cows in their yard. And that kind of stuff. So you do actually have to get permission and get a license from the city in uh, this county in L.A. So so the little girl goes to the trouble, writes a paper, sends it to the city, and the city approves the girl's request. She says, if you can find one, you can have one. And here's some of the requirements that the city said the girl has to have in order to have a unicorn. Uh, one of the things is she has – the unicorn – has to be fed its favorite treats, which is watermelon, in case you didn't know, uh, at least once a week. Got to give the thing watermelon once a week. Uh, The unicorn's horn must be maintained to be in good health. That requires polishing at least once a month with a soft cloth. So you got to clean its horn. Uh, Also, while owning this unicorn, any sparkles or glitter used on the horn... Uh, must be non-toxic and biodegradable to ensure the unicorn's good health. This is a few of the requirements of owning a unicorn in California. This is what we're doing, folks. This is it. Yeah, here's the sad part, dude. So the uh, they send <laughs> this. They send a news person. They do, and you know, they're doing a whole little feel-good special on it, which really didn't make me feel good at all. Made me feel very sad and for this girl. At some point, this girl's going to get a little older and find out that everybody's been lying to her. It's basically like if you, uh, you know, if, if if you were lied to about Santa Claus or something. No, that's not even that's not even good because everybody was kind of lied to about Santa Claus. But she's just been lied to, you know, and they're letting her go on with the lie. Except for now, they like put her on TV. At some point, she's going to get older and be like, hey, what the heck, mom? Why did you let me do all this nonsense? She's going to be so disappointed. Like, imagine how sad you were when you found out Santa Claus wasn't real, except for it's going to be that by, like, a lot more because they made a whole news special about you. And everybody smiled and said, oh, isn't that nice? You're going to get a unicorn? Good for you. Yeah, going to be a, that'll be a fun day. Anyway, so the guy goes, hey, how are you going to get this unicorn? And the girl goes, well, you know, they live in the magical forest in Scotland. And uh, so I'm just going to take an airplane ride over to Scotland. And then I'll go to the magic forest and I'll find a unicorn. And then I'll bring it back with me on the airplane. So the girl's got a plan, which is more than a lot of people got. She's got a plan. And uh, she's still not going to have a unicorn at the end of it. Too bad for her. Um, But yeah, that's it, man. That's my Culture Corner story for the day. Hope it made you happy.
go get you a unicorn. But yeah, I'm real. When I was doing the story, about to do the story, I realized, like I said, I had that poster in my corner, which I thought, oh, that's, uh, you know, how funny. I actually have a unicorn on the wall. And then I re- I looked over and I have, uh, I don't know if you remember, but I think it was for Christmas. David got me uh, this proclamation uh, that says, I am now Lord James Nissen because. Uh, in Scotland, to be known as a lord, you have to own land. So he bought me like a foot of land <laughs> somewhere in Scotland. So now my name is technically and legally Lord James Nissen. And I have that framed piece of paper sitting in the corner too. So I've actually got all these ties to Scotland and unicorns sitting around my little studio space here with all my synthesizers. And I didn't even realize it. Yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, there we go. Um, all right, so let's move on. We're moving on here, moving along. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, today I figured we would talk about um, the Ashbury revival that's been going on. Everybody, this has been a big thing. It's been in the news for the last uh, couple weeks now. Um, it's been going on. So it just ended on Monday was when they officially ended it, if I got my dates right. And it started on Wednesday, February 8th, if I'm not mistaken, that was the date. So yeah, oh, so almost two weeks, is that about right? Yeah, almost two weeks. Um, tomorrow would have been two weeks. But um, so what happened is they had a, their regular scheduled service. It's So Ash... Ashbury College is a Christian college it's in Kentucky. Um, I think there's about like a thousand-ish students there. It's a smaller college; it's not a big one. Um, and so Wednesday, February eighth, they had their regularly scheduled ten o'clock uh, service that was supposed to go on before the classes. Um, so they have the service. <coughs> a guy comes out and preaches. At the end of it, they have the musicians come back up. They play a few songs, and at the end of it, um, they give like a soft invitation for people to leave and go to classes if they need to. But you're welcome to stay as well, because uh, there's some people that were just not done worshiping, and uh, it just kept going on. So st- some students stayed, some students left, went to class, and then came out and found and realized there was still singing and stuff going on in there. And uh, next thing you know, it's just been going. It had been going on for days and days on end, and um, that started getting a bunch of national attention, especially with social media. People started sharing stuff about it, and next thing you know, people are coming in from a bunch of other colleges. People are coming in from all over to come see what's going on there, and they finally called it quits um, Monday. I think, if I'm not mistaken, Sunday they put out some kind of statement that said that, hey, we're wrapping it up Monday. Um, so that was kind of a quick overview of what's been going on. they just been uh, preaching, mostly doing worship, and just uh, having people just repent, and it's just been a whole thing. And uh, so for the most part, most people have been saying, you know, hey, it's, there's a bunch of great stuff going on in Ashbury, how great it is, revival's going on, I don't know. But uh, as I was looking into it, there's a lot of people out there that are that have some uh, criticism of it. 
They're saying it's not really a revival, this and that's going on, that shouldn't be going on. They're doing all this worship. Really, they should just be preaching the gospel, and they're just playing, they're playing contemporary Christian music. They're playing that Bethel and Hillsong stuff. Woo! Can you believe that? These college kids singing Hillsong music. Oh, and it's it was getting weird. So I looked up a bunch of that stuff, and anyway, I have a couple videos I thought I would just play and comment on, and um, but here's the thing. I'm kind of rigging it up. I lost, I've got an iPhone, okay, so I don't have the regular 3.5 millimeter audio jack. I don't have the aux cord jack, um, so I've got that little dongle adapter piece so that I can plug my iPhone to it. Um, except can't seem to find that piece. So, um, I just, I, I, I experimented a little bit. Bluetooth connected. Yep. There we go. And, uh, the best way for me to still get sound to you guys, since I can't just plug in my phone is I hooked up my little Bluetooth speaker here and I'm going to play it into this microphone and hopefully you'll be able to hear everything. It'll be fine. You'll get the gist of these videos. So that's what's going to happen here. So sorry, deal with it. It's going to be fine. Everything's fine, people. Okay, so <clears throat> here's the here's the video. So there's a the video I'm going to play is it's about eight minutes long. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's just eight minutes. Um, the it's the account is called So Sojourner Films. I think is how you pronounce it. It's spelled S O J O U R N E R films. And uh, so they just went around and interviewed a bunch of college students that were at the revival. Um, I think most of these people were there when it started, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and he just, you know, asked them, hey, what's going on? What's up? What happened here? And I thought it was really interesting, especially after uh, reading and watching all these other videos of these people criticizing the revival. Uh, so Anyway, so this is, they're just <clears throat> talking to these people, getting firsthand experience, what happened. So I'll play the video and you can, uh, you can see what you think. Here we go. Any other stories come to mind? Just someone yeah. who's like had this like, huge like revelation, changing part, being affected in some way. Yeah. Either something you know or something you've heard about. Yeah. Can I think for like just a second? Yeah. Because there's so many. this encounter with the Holy Spirit started is um, a group of students didn't want to stop worshiping and then they received the Holy Spirit in honesty and in genuineness and um, they started sharing their testimonies and then it didn't stop. I walked um, into the chapel and saw a bunch of students um, worshiping together very um, intimately. It just, everyone was crying, hands were in the air. It was just showcasing the love of God in so many ways that I had kind of forgotten about. And um, I remember I was with a friend and we were standing in the doorway and I turned to him and I said, I don't know what they have, but whatever it is, I want this. is dark and our students are hurting and they're they're lonely they're angry they're desperate and so they've been praying for change and we've had a lot of great moments on our campus great chapel services great speakers great intentionality great prayer meetings and I think after the service on this just regular chapel day 
God just started working in their hearts, and He's been working in their hearts, but they were obedient to it. You know, when you think about how did this start, um, it was nothing anybody did. It was nothing Asbury did. It was nothing that Zach Meercreeps did. It was nothing that any student did. Um, you know, I believe that it was just a like a pure and a deep cry for more of God's Spirit that these students had, and look where it's gotten us. And so we have people from all over the world now. I was one of the people who stayed um, immediately after the chapel service, so we had kind of a soft ending. Um, we said people are allowed to continue to worship, um, but I just, I just continued to sit in my seat and pray and just reflect on who God was. Went to my 12 o'clock class, and then when I got out of class, I heard the singing, and I said, okay, that's, that's weird. Why is this still continuing? Um, so I went back up, and it, it was surreal. The peace that was in the room um, was unexplainable, and a couple buddies and I just went to run around to the different classrooms and barged in on classes and said, revival's happening. There's been a ton of healing from church hurt and from various traumatic events. There's physical healings, there's been calls that cancer's gone, but then beyond that, something that's, like, I think extremely incredible is, I know this campus very well, it's small, we're less about, I guess, at a thousand students, and I know exactly which people on this campus hate each other, and those are the people that I have seen praying together, singing together, hugging, crying. Like, I myself have had a list of least favorite people at this school, and I have spent the week with them, and it's been, like, totally life-changing. For some, it is freedom for the first time, freedom from anxiety, freedom from uh, desperation, maybe. Uh, for some, it's freedom from addiction or whatever that may be. And for others, it might be a first-time commitment or really a first-time understanding of who God truly is. I mean, for some, they're just praying for their families that addiction would be broken in the lives of their family members. So it is however the Lord is working in their individual hearts. God has a plan of redemption for our world, but God works in the lives of people and he can bring healing and he can bring peace in the, in the midst of really challenging and difficult things. He's reaching out to a lost and broken people and he's inviting them into his presence and into his peace and into his love and community here on campus and people just can't get enough of it. I feel like the first couple of days, I've just felt so much joy. Like, when I'm singing, I just can't help but like, like my mouth hurts, my jaw hurts, and just smiling ear to ear, um, and just being filled with so much joy. And I've never really liked praying out loud in front of people, but I've just felt so like bold in that, like to pray for people and allowing God to use me just to speak through me to people for what they need to hear. I used to have a really big shame about prayer. I used to, um, I never used to want to pray near people, pray out loud. Um, I had a big shame about how I sounded when I prayed. I thought I had to sound like this perfect pastor with these poetic words. That rooted itself in me at a young age. And uh, Jesus like just broke that shame of how I felt and like, and how I had put my personal image above what Jesus says about me. And Jesus says that I'm his son and I'm beloved. And that my purpose in this life is to just love him and to praise Him. People have been reminded about the goodness of God and that His presence is special, that it's holy. And I think a lot of the transformation has been refocusing on Jesus 
And some people have gotten healed, and some people have come to Christ, which are things we celebrate. But I think a lot of the times we are just so caught up in our schedules that we forget that God is always moving, and I think He's starting to intervene here. I really think that this is just a, uh, my generation and all generations just crying out for truth um, in a world that teaches relative truth and that there is no truth. There is absolutely truth. He is truth, truth. there is truth in his word and he's, he's answering our prayers. This isn't just gonna end and everything's gonna go back to normal. Like this is changing our culture, this is changing our society, this is changing our world. The Holy Spirit's here and it's incredible of what we're all learning. Our younger generation, I'm only 18 years old and I feel like that this opportunity now has created a way of the type of man that I wanna be and the type of person that I wanna contribute to society and I feel like that's what's happening, that we're, we're learning all these good lessons and bonding so much with the Holy Spirit that it, this is creating a new wave of all young people that are gonna impact our country and the world. You can experience revival in, in any place. It doesn't have to be in a chapel. It doesn't have to be you know, in church. It's something that you can experience every day in your life. The Holy Spirit is not contained to one place. It's not fake. It's something that's real. And it's truly why we say taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't truly understand it until you actually come and taste and see for yourself. I mean, I've seen like people be healed this week. I've never thought I'd ever see that in my life. Like. We're not worshiping the healing, like that's great, and if God chooses to heal, that's amazing, and it's beautiful and wonderful, but we're worshiping the one who does heal. I think there's gonna be commissioned services where we say, thank you for coming, I'm so glad you experienced and encountered the Holy Spirit. Now go to your family, go to your school, go to your church, go to your community, and tell them about it, and pray for them, and it's gonna happen there too. So while it will fizzle at Asbury, because it simply must at some point, uh, I think that it will be global for a very, very long time. And then on this screen, it pops up. It says, uh, at the time of this film's release, there have been countless reports of outpourings breaking out on campuses and churches across the United States, overflowing into other nations around the world. says sojourner films has a mandate to cover moves of god through film uh to stay up to date with current projects please subscribe okay yeah so that's the whole video um so yeah so anyway that was the best video the whole time i was trying to research it i kept you know reading articles of this and that and um you know you got an idea of what was going on but most of it was not from people who were sitting in the service. They were, did you know, it's a reporter who interviewed like one person outside of it, or it was basically just, you could tell they just like read some other article covering it and just paraphrased everything, just basically what I'm doing. Um, so I really wanted to see like, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to see the people that were in the service, you know, what was going on in the service. So that was those people. <coughs> um, and then, I'll play, I'll play some of one of these other videos I found. Because then I watched, like I said, I watched a bunch of videos of people uh, criticizing it. And uh, some of the points they made were kind of valid. But overall, I think I pretty much disagree with 
um, their criticisms for the most part. Um, so here's one dude. It, this one's like four minutes. I'll play some of it for you. Yeah, this is an ad. Sorry, I, uh, I, uh, I don't, I don't have the premium account. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have to have ads. Hey guys, this is Andrew Sluter, pastor of Bible Baptist Church. Um, I could not resist. I just couldn't resist. I had to make a video. Um, I have been seeing stuff um, about the Asbury University revival. Um, not seeing, not been keeping up with it at all. Just random little things that people um, have sent and stuff. And um, I did a little bit of digging just to see what was going on with it, what was, it, what it was about. Um, I know there's been like some independent Baptist guys even posting on it and saying how much of a great thing it is and how much, you know, God's moving and this generation seeking. And I'm sitting there thinking, what in the world? So I, 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 I was almost positive uh, what I was going to find was not going to be good. And sure enough, it wasn't. Um, this is a, 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 uh, a non-Baptist university. Um, Asbury University has holiness ties. Um, they are not King James only. Their music is CCM. And I was looking at one of the, uh, one of the, um, services and they had a woman, a woman up there preaching during one of the chapels. <laughs> Guys, let, let me make something clear. Okay. There may be an emotional stir. There may be some people that are genuinely getting some help from the Lord. Okay, there may be some people that are that are uh, genuinely um, trying to seek God. No doubt about it. But we're calling this revival. We're calling this a move of God. We're saying that this is God working and moving and pouring out his spirit and all this kind of stuff. Okay, people can be genuine and be genuinely wrong. They're not King James only. God does not bless outside of his word. And all these King James only guys or supposed King James only guys, I should say, that are on uh, online and stuff saying how much of a great move of God this is in, in all this business, hogwash on that. We're either King James Bible believers and believe that's God's word and all other corruptions or we don't. Number two, a woman pastor or a woman preacher is unbiblical. A woman is not supposed to usurp authority over a man. A woman's not supposed to teach a man. So you're saying that God's pouring out his spirit all over this and there are women up there preaching and teaching <laughs> over men. Hogwash. Okay, and then number three, guys. I'm sorry, I'm a strong Baptist. These, uh, all these Arminians and these Calvinists and all this stuff that are preaching uh, uh, false things concerning salvation. They're not Baptistic. They don't even baptize with the right mode of baptism. They don't hold to the doctrines that we hold to. Our Baptist forefathers would be stroking out right now. They would be, they would be openly condemning this, like just like many of our Baptist forefathers condemned the Great Awakening because of the doctrinal errors and the doctrinal inconsistencies of those that were propagating the Great Awakening. Listen, this is not the time to start saying, oh, this is a move of God, just because a bunch of people are meeting and coming together and they're putting slapping God's name on it does not mean that it is of God. 
And it's ridiculous for a bunch of independent Baptists, King James only, Bible-believing preachers to be jumping on this bandwagon. We're so into revival. That's such a mysterious word. We're so, we want revival. We're seeking revival. Revival showed up. What does that even mean? Guys, um, I, I typically don't do these type of videos anymore. I just stick to the preaching, but I had to come on and say something um, because it is ridiculous the amount of, of Bible-believing preachers that are trying to claim that this is some kind of great revival, and they don't even, they're not Baptists. They've got women preachers, and they're not even using a King James Bible. I call hogwash all day long, and I'm surprised that more people haven't come out openly condemned this thing. Okay? All right, well, that's been uh, my service announcement for today. God bless you is my prayer. Hogwash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's a... I, I saw, like, a bunch of random videos like that. His, uh... I don't know, his was the most amusing to me. So he's, his criticism is um, they read a different version of the Bible. Um, there's a woman up there speaking. Um, let's see, what else did he say? Oh, he didn't like the, uh, the music. That music isn't good. Um, in a different video... I think it was a different video. I don't think it was this one. Um, somebody said something about the ladies. There's a lady up there speaking in tongues. Um, oh, and in another one also. Um, so there's a, there's some clips from the revival. And um, there's a clip that got pretty big of some lady having a demon cast out of her. And um, it's kind of tough to tell what's going on. I was bummed out about the clip because they never show the lady like after uh like after so what happens is um this lady starts like seizing up and so they call the medical team to come and you know help her and get her out of there because she looks like she's having a seizure or whatever and then these people come over and they're praying for her <clears throat> and the whole congregation is praying for the lady um but there's like six to ten people that are over there like laying hands on her and stuff and uh, at some point uh, while they're waiting for the medical team to get over to her, some lady starts, like, casting this demon out of her, and uh, everybody starts praying really loud, and then you hear the lady scream really loud, the lady that was seizing up or whatever was going on. She lets out this big scream, and then everybody starts, like, praying really hard, <laughs> and they, uh, you know, they cast the demon out of her, and, uh, but that's, like, where the clip ends, so I was always like, well, wait, does she, like, stand up? Is she cool now? Like, what's – so that was always – that was kind of a bummer because I watched, like, ten clips of that clip trying to see past after they cast the demon out and everybody claps. Uh, so that was kind of a bummer. Uh, but anyway, some of the videos were, like, criticizing that. They're like, there's odd behavior going on there. And uh, – so yeah, I mean most of the critic so you hear all the criticisms from him and uh, those are similar criticisms that other people were having. They're like just saying it's not a revival because the technical definition of a revival is blah blah blah. And this is more, you know, they're just worshiping. They're not really preaching very much. There's way more worship, not enough preaching and yeah, I don't know, man. It just it's it's really sad to hear all these people criticizing that. So I mean, we just listened to that first video, which is interviews from these, you know, first account interviews from these students that were actually at the thing. They're talking about how all these people's lives are changed and how, you know, how great everything is about it and how all these other people are coming in because of it and their lives are being changed and it's spreading back to their campuses. And 
you know, so you, those, those are the people that were there. And then you have these people who's, you have people like this guy who's just like, it's not Baptist, so it's bad. And uh, it's just so sad to and disappointing to see, because that's, you know, another, quote, Christian person out there who's supposed to be serving the same God as us and all the people that are, all the college students that are there talking about how great everything was. You know, we're all supposed to be on the same team. And he's, like, condemning them all for encountering God which is really disappointing. And so, yeah, so his, let's see, I wrote down his complaints. So his big one is, you know, King James only. So apparently that's a really big thing. He doesn't like the version of the Bible you're reading, which, I mean, I guess you can kind of, dude, people get weird about this. Um, I don't really care that much. Um, If you know anything about the King James version, this is one of the rabbit holes I went down just because I kind of heard this and that about it, but I wanted to refresh up on it. Um, So the whole reason that version of the Bible exists is because the dude, King James, he was originally the king of Scotland, I think, at the time. Dude, Scotland's back, bro. What is going on? Um, He was King James, like, the sixth over there, and I think of Ireland, too. And then um, he merged over and was becoming the new king of England as well, and then he was now King James the first over England and Scotland, and like I said, I think it was Ireland. So he's like the new king over there, and there's apparently a bunch of political stuff going on. And um, so, in order to try to win favor with uh, with his new subjects, he decides to make this translation of the Bible because um, they were all upset that uh, you could. Because back then, you know, if you wanted to read the Bible, you had to go to the church and have the priest read it to you. And they would translate it from Hebrew or Latin or whatever, and they would read it to you like that. And uh, so you couldn't, you didn't have an English version of it. And so he decided that he was going to win favor like that. And uh, there's all these weird rumors. I don't know how much they're true or not, but there's a lot of, uh, depending on which corner of the internet you look at, a lot of people say King James was a homosexual and pedophile. Um, and they say a lot of crazy stuff about him. And I don't know what's true. I It took me way too long just to find the little bit of info that I'm giving you right now. Um, so I don't know. Somebody out there knows more than me uh, could tell you if that's true or not. But I heard a lot of not-so-great things about King James. That's the guy who paid for the version of the Bible that this other dude's uh, advocating for. And he, um, it, his plan actually backfired on him because once he translated the Bible uh, so that everybody could get it themselves, they started reading all these verses about, like, you know, kings shouldn't have too many cattle and just all this stuff that was basically saying... You know, like, don't put too much power in the hands of your rulers. And uh, it didn't work out as good for King James as he thought it would. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so that was, like, one of his big complaints. And I, to me, it's like, who cares, dude? Read whatever version of the Bible you want. Um, but like I said, there's a whole lot more to be said about uh, versions of the Bible that I'm just I'm not going to get into right now. Um, but... Yeah, so that's his big thing. His other thing was that there was a woman preacher, which is, you know, I I don't have any problem with women preaching. Um, there's all there's numerous examples in the Bible of women of God using women to do great things and spread His gospel. Again, this is a whole other thing we could 
talk about for forever, which I'm not going to spend an hour preaching about women in the Bible. Um, I mean, just at our church alone, there's plenty of women that are in positions of, I guess, authority. Um, you know, we have a woman children's pastor. There's all sorts of women that go out and, like, I think of who comes to mind. Uh, see, Glenda goes and preaches in the prisons. Um, there's a bunch of women at the church that are preaching. So our church, you know, believes that. We don't have, like, a head pastor that's a woman. Um, and I don't know. There's Yeah, you could argue a whole bunch of stuff, but basically most of the people that are saying um, women shouldn't be preachers and pastors, they take these one or two verses from, uh, I think it's in Timothy, where Paul's telling Timothy, he says something like the women shouldn't teach the men. Um, and there's a lot of context to be had on those verses, um, which again, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it for 40 minutes, but so go do your own research if you want to know. But, uh, there, so th- they take it all from those one or two verses. Um, but again, there's, you know, dozens and dozens of other verses and stories in the Bible where God uses woman to, uh, proclaim his word and to teach other people. So there's a lot more examples of him using women than him telling them to shut up and not preach. So, yeah, so that one I don't think holds up either. Um, see, he says he doesn't like the music. He says it's cont- that CCM music, which, you know, say what you want about it. Um, it's not evil. Um, again, not going to speak for 30 minutes about it. Um, let's see, what else was it? Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of the gist of it, though. My biggest takeaway from this thing, though, <clears throat> that I liked was, so when I was trying to, f- so the the story is, like I said, they had the service. Um, at the end of the service, um, some kids were still worshiping. They stayed to keep worshiping. And at some point, they got up and started giving testimonies, and uh, the thing just kept going. So my big takeaway from it, uh, well, I was trying to find that because, like I said, there's a bunch of clips all over the Internet of people talking about the revival and then, like, clips of the revival. And so I was trying to find one of those clips. Um, I was I figured they might have, like, part of the service up somewhere. So what I did find was um, the message that um, the guy preached during the actual service. So this is, like, right after worship, then they – the guy starts preaching. And so I watched that. It's like a little over 20 minutes. Um, and the message is just this guy talking about love. You know, God loves you. This is how we're supposed to love. I mean, it was honestly kind of generic and nothing special in the sense of like, you know, if you've been in church at all, you've heard this message before. Um, which I'm not saying that to like talk down on it. I'm saying it to just describe it like it was, you know, it was just the basic stuff. You know, there wasn't some mysterious, special, you, like he came up with some way of saying something that was way better, and since it was so good, revival broke out. Like it was just the same stuff. Him, the, He talked about the different types of love, you know, agape, phileo, and just, you know, we're supposed to love each other. And, I mean, that was it pretty much. And um, and then they worshipped, and then some people gave their testimonies, and then, you know, the rest is history. And to me, that's really encouraging <clears throat> because, uh, like I said, it wasn't anything special or spectacular. He just got up there and preached the regular word of God that we've all been preaching. 
and then some people gave their testimonies. And, I mean, that's it. And so I love that because it, it makes it feel like you know it was God. It wasn't some special emotional something. They didn't you know, have these spectacular lights and just the right lasers to set the atmosphere with the smoke. And because of that, they tricked you into feeling some emotional thing. And he came up with a, a catchy catchphrase that people could remember. And so it sounded, it rhymed. You know, it, it was none of that. It was just like, hey, God loves you. This is how the Bible describes love. You should love people. And some other people were like, hey, this is what's happened in my life. And then boom, and God did the rest. And I love that. So to me, that was really encouraging because you, you don't have to have it just, you know, it's just a reminder that God's doing his thing. You don't have to have, you know, this the perfect way to speak. You don't have to have the perfect service or whatever to trick and manipulate something into happening. You know, he'll just do it with the regular old stuff. <laughs> There's I, I think of that phrase. Uh, oh, gosh, what was his name? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Was it Matt Bell? Something Bell? One of the guys came to the last couple of convocations, um, and he preached at some point. One of the things he said, which this actually rhymes, ironically enough, said, "If it's not new, if it no, if it's new, it probably isn't true." Is then referring to people like trying to come up with all these new revelations of the gospel and new ways to say stuff and all. And uh, that's really funny because I just kind of like talked trash about rhymey, catchy phrases, and then I used one as a reference. Oh, that's hilarious. Anyway, um, I think the revival thing's good. I think it's nothing but good stuff coming out of it. Um, way in the net positive. You can uh, you can do your own research if you really want to know more, but that's the gist of it. Um, and yeah, I just wrapped up this week, and um, apparently a lot of good stuff. Oh, and th- I forgot this last fun fact. Um there's a famous Ashbury revival that happened in 1970 in February where, like, the same kind of thing happened. I think they said it went on for 140-something hours, which the math off the top of my head is, like, like six days-ish, something like that, straight of revival at the same college in February. And then they just had this other one in February. Um, which I just thought was interesting. I don't know enough about that college to make <laughs> any more of a correlation than that. But, you know, fun facts, man. There's the fun fact. You also learned that uh, unicorns are the national animal of Scotland. And if you want to own one, you can go to California. <sighs> that's it. That's the world. Yep. Um, anyway, I think that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, we love you. This is The Refuge Project.